Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello everybody. This Truth Talk is more of a short Bible study than anything else. The Bible study is based on 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11, and the text is as follows. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, and to Him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. That's reading from the NIV version. You know, if I had to summarize this text in a few words, I would say this. It's pray to God and love each other. Now verse 7 starts with the words, The end of all things is near. Those famous words, the end is near. You know, throughout the New Testament, believers were reminded that the end is always near. In every generation, in every millennium, in every age, we don't know when we are going to die, right? And we surely don't know when Jesus is coming again. So in a very practical sense, the end is always at hand. You know, now, this is very real in the times in which we are living right now. In the times of this crazy pandemic when death seems to be lurking around every corner. Well, in another sense, of course, Peter wrote this letter just seven years before the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. So the end of the Jewish religion as they knew it, and as Peter knew it, was very much at hand. The end was at hand. In, in some ways, our situation today is similar in that our daily lives and the practice of our church life will probably never be the same again. The way we meet, the way we interact, will be impacted for a long time by the new pandemic reality. But there's something in the first words of the passage that we need to note well. The word that's translated as end, at the end of, the end of all things, it's a translation of a Greek word, telos, which is equally well translated in other contexts as goal. Now, this reminds us that there's a bigger picture to be seen. You see, creation is moving rapidly towards a divine goal, which is the eradication of evil and the creation of a new heaven-earth when heaven comes to earth and the two are merged in this glorious new creation. And these present times are trying to say the least. And in many cases, for many people, they're heartbreaking but they are part of an escalation towards an ultimate goal. And this escalation includes warnings, tribulations, as well as spiritual revival. And here's the cool thing. We are part of it. We are witnesses to it. And we are the interpreters of God's great purpose. The second part of verse 7 is rather complex. But its essential meaning is this, that we should be clear-headed and alert to what is happening around us in order to pray with understanding. 
You see, prayer is communication with God and seeking his heart and mind and his will. And the Lord Jesus included in his model prayer the request that God's kingdom should come on earth and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we can best pray this when we are aware of what's happening on earth in our world. The current pandemic has brought with it a degree of irrationality and fear, and it's certainly not clear-headed. We need to guard our minds and hearts against this so we can pray with intelligence and understanding. You know, there's so much misinformation around. There's so much lack of real information, accurate information. There's so much change. Daily things are changing. Every day brings a new challenge and a new set of rules and a new set of realities. And my goodness, there's so much anger and even hate in the air. Politicians are meddling and bungling. Everything is in a state that is inducive to fear and muddle-headedness. But another way that we need to understand this complex verse is the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. See, in times like this, we, we can't do much, right? We can't change a lot of our circumstances. But we can pray. We can pray without fear and with clear heads. And now is the time for this disciplined prayer. Then we go on to verse 8, which starts with the words, Above all. I guess that's best understood as most important of all. Because the verse then goes on to instruct us to love each other deeply. And this indicates that the injunctions that follow are not superficial, but they are deep and meaningful expressions of Christian love. You know, I'm pretty sure that the phrase, for love covers over a multitude of sins, does not mean that any acts of love that we may express pay for the sins in our lives. No, no. We can't earn God's favor because this was freely given to us in Christ Jesus. My understanding is that Peter was drawing from Proverbs 10 verse 12, which reads, Hate stirs up trouble, but love covers over all wrongs. You see, if we love someone enough, then surely we are prepared to overlook offenses, mood swings, irritations, and so on. And in this way, we can get along with each other, and we can express genuine genuine self-giving towards them. Verse 9, then it talks about hospitality. You see, one way of expressing love to each other is to offer hospitality. Now, in normal circumstances, in the pre-virus days, the uh, hospitality kind of centered around offering accommodation, offering meals, offering people to visit in our homes, visiting with them, and so on. These were the natural expressions of our love for them. But in these times of social distancing and face masks and special restrictions, this form of hospitality is nigh on impossible. But however, this is what we can do. We can contact others by Zoom or Skype or WhatsApp or phone or whatever. And we can just say, hey, we, we're thinking of you. I, I'm, I'm praying for you. And, and I wanted to hear your voice. And I wanted to make contact with you. You see, many people are experiencing loneliness and isolation right now. And we can help them with acts of techno-hospitality. These will express love to them. I guess we can also organize the delivery of food and treats. 
if we're young and healthy, we can go and buy food and treats and deliver them ourselves. Because some people are deprived and some people are so old and isolated that they can't buy the stuff that they need and their money's running out. They can't have treats. It's a time of great need for many people. So this form of hospitality, I think, is probably almost as good as a, a meal around your table, right? Verse 10 then goes on with serve each other with the gifts God has given. The manifestations and ministry of the Holy Spirit in and through us are administrations of God's grace. And the first example that Peter gives of this demonstration of love is to offer hospitality. But the second example is to serve each other with the ability that God gives. And he gives us two applications of this. First is found at the beginning of verse 11, where it says, Preach as though God himself were preaching. Now the word that is chosen by the translators as speaks actually has the context of preaching rather than just general talking. You see, Peter goes on and uses words like uttering the oracles of God. The NIV translates it as the very words of God. So not all are called or equipped to preach, but those who are called and are equipped should express this deep love to the children of God by committing themselves as much as they can to speak as though God himself was speaking. Firstly, the greatest joy in a preacher's life has surely got to be when somebody says to them with genuine intent after a sermon, Pastor, preacher, it was as if Jesus was speaking directly to me. You know, I guess more than anything else in these troubled times, the greatest need that we have is to hear God speaking directly to us. Then the second application of ministering to others is serving them in the strength that God provides. You see, preachers speak under the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that others may hear as if God himself was speaking. But those serving serve in the strength of the Holy Spirit and they provide loving ministry as though God himself were ministering. Only a few are called to preach, but we are all called to serve. Only some can preach. We all can serve. Peter then ends his instruction by stating that the purpose of speaking and serving is that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And he ends with these words, To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The anointing that enables a preacher to speak as though God himself was speaking is from the Holy Spirit, not from the preacher. The power to serve others in a way that they become aware that God himself is ministering to them is from the Holy Spirit, not the one performing the service. And when people realize this, then it is not the preacher or the server that they praise, but Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. So, what can we do in these difficult days? When the end seems to be palpably near us, well, we can pray with understanding and with minds and hearts that are cleared from fear and confusion. We can love one another by offering techno-hospitality, by making contact with folk and expressing love. Or we can serve each other with God's gifts of the Holy Spirit, either by preaching as though God himself was speaking, or by serving as if God himself were serving. And in this way, God and not fear and confusion will be glorified. To God be the glory. God be with you. Bye for now.
Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is the word.